Hi, this is Coach Alex Leggenhausen. This is Coach Barron. And today we're going to be discussing our practice plans and uh, what we thought were good about them, what we thought were some disadvantages, and hopefully try to get a little bit better today. So what did you run at a Branham? Um, so my first year of coaching, I didn't know where to look for practice plans right away. Um, obviously, our head coach gave us some. But uh, the format that I really liked was uh, I actually got it from our alma mater, Foothill College, from Coach Edwards in his template. Uh, I remember him giving me one uh, at practice before when I was out. And um, it pretty much has the offensive program goals at the top and then followed by your activities on the bottom. So the offensive program goals would, uh, how would you say, um, sum up your um, attack that week against that certain team. And then it will have all the activities listed in 10 to 20 minute segments. And then at the end, you either end in team if it's during a uh, game week, or if it's in summer practice, you end with stretching or conditioning or whatnot, whatever you would like to add. And uh, I think I followed that template my whole first year. Uh, second year was, um, I would say, kind of hectic. Um, some of us would follow it, some of us wouldn't. That's the that's the thing about uh, being on a team is that you guys have to communicate with each other and make sure you guys are on the same page and uh I think templates are really good to use uh, whichever one you choose. Uh, it, it makes you more organized in knowing what to do, being prepared. And if your kids see that you're prepared, then they know you're working as hard as they are on the field. Yeah, I think what you said about uh, sticking to the template best you can is important because I used to coach at Gunn High School. And my first season, I was the only JV coach there on most days and for that I just had the whole team by myself so it was very important that I knew what I was going to do and you know I just had to do a bunch of team is what it had to be and a bunch of tackling because I didn't really have the time to go to each individual drill but one of the few days I did I made sure I had an idea of what I wanted to work for I worked with offensive and defensive line I had an idea like all right we're going to work at the beginning, get-offs. And then at, we're going to work uh, how to fit the run and things like that. And uh, my second year, uh, like Coach Barron said, it was a little less organized. People weren't always on the same page because since I was on a very small team, oftentimes the JV players would have to get used for a scout team for varsity, which is, a, is something that happens on a lot of teams just based on numbers. And I understand that people care about the varsity record more, but we weren't always on the same page of when the players were needed for that. So sometimes I'd try to fit in uh, some inside run drills live. And for that, obviously we need a scout offensive line, scout running back, scout quarterback, and the whole defensive front. And since we have an eight-man front, that requires another person to be involved. And when it's like suddenly just I missed three of my starting guys then I'm have to stop the whole drill lose momentum get less reps and maybe we had to even put some people out of position like sometimes we had our safety go to outside linebacker just in case like if an emergency like that did happen in game he would kind of know what to do but yeah definitely trying to stick to template 
and having goals I think is very important and uh, I didn't have daily goals as much as I had weekly goals that I wanted to work on like one like when my first year when it was just me our weekly goals like all right we're always going to work on tackling we're going to work on conditioning because we had less than 20 kids every time so none of them can afford to be tired you know everyone was starting on something it may not be both ways but offense defense and special teams people had to be ready to go so what did you have a a weekly plan or was it more of a focused on just that day at Branham and Foothill and Del Mar where you used to play um for the Branham uh first year I try to make it on daily goal objectives don't worry about anything because everything in the install will be there for them everything that we're going to see on tape is going to be there for them um all the scout defenses we run against our first team offense they're already going to know it uh based on our scout scouting um and uh now I think about it this past season, like I said, it was pretty hectic. I think um, there was points where we got off the rails in terms of trying to do it day by day. And we would instead um, skip some stuff in the templates that we should have never skipped. Uh, I think we, I think you don't have to stick to your template as hard as you need to. But at the same time, just making sure you're following that script that you write up. And not changing the whole uh, directive right before practice. And I think we did that a couple times this season. That, that kind of hurt us in our pre-game um, game planning. And it definitely showed up on the uh, on game day when we did that. And um, there was, you know, there's times where you learn. And uh, we were a young coaching staff. I think we just have to be all on the same page. And it touches upon that again. Is making sure every single coach knows that if you're going to follow a template, you guys have to understand that you can't change it last minute or like if you do change it last minute, don't change the whole concept of the practice. And um, I think uh, this past season, I tried to make it day by day, but instead uh, we just went, um, we just went willy nilly really. It was just uh, unorganized at times, and yeah, it was it was something that I wish it didn't happen because we could have had a better outcome on Fridays, Friday nights that uh, when we played. But I I think varsity did a a way better job in communicating with their staff and whatnot, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it for our templates. I don't think in high school we ever I don't I've never seen a template used in my high school. They they probably did use it. But I I never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you made a good point that on JV there's tends to be less communication compared to varsity, and I think that's a big problem because it becomes then like the JV team ends up doing their own things compared to the varsity, and then it's like all right, well the JV guy he mean he likes this kind of place so he installs that, and suddenly you get a disconnect between the varsity and JV programs. Where, you know, you're like they ran maybe, let's say they ran Veer a ton on JV. But then they get to varsity and it's like, all right, well, we only do zone. And then the kids have to start from ground zero even though they've played there a year or two. So I think uh, communication's definitely got to be super important on the JV staff, but also on the whole staff. Like I think, like trying to come to a complete consensus 
where everyone on the staff was like communicating with each other is probably the best way to do it. Like I couldn't imagine on an NFL team, the running backs are doing something and the wider series have no idea what it is. I can guarantee you that they have to sit through a bunch of long meetings that of course they may not want to be there for, but that in the long run, being a part of those meetings will go a long way. Right, and to touch upon that, yeah, I did see that a lot. Like my first year, uh, of me actually trying to uh, change some plays, some concept of the plays that varsity gave down, like uh, gave those plays down to me to install, and I did try to uh, change some plays. Which uh, my second year, I I knew that was something not to do. Um, it's just a learning thing. Uh, but I think honestly in terms of like JV staff and varsity staff this year it's, it's a lot different um i think you're doing it at, at where you're coaching San Jose High right now currently mm-hmm. is that we're all coaching a position and there's not in a sense a JV staff and a varsity staff uh we're, it's just like we're working together during the entire practice coaching one position then switching to another defensive position and coaching all of that and uh, I think that's going to work out way better than, than keeping JV and varsity practice separate. That way, all the coaches know all the kids, and all the kids know all the coaches. And there's no separate thing about that. There's no JV team. There's no varsity team. There's just, you're just one and in practice. And then during game day, you can split the responsibilities maybe or even just keep the same responsibilities. If if you're an OC for varsity, you're an OC for JV or, like, or whatnot. But um, I think that... That gives a good opportunity because if you say you want to learn how to be an OC or DC, that gives you a chance to have the varsity OC watch you coach a JV level with being that OC or DC for JV. And then him watching you do that. And then you come up to varsity and coach a varsity game just for positions. And then you get evaluate yourself. They can evaluate you. And and just the kids know the entire program instead of just having two separate, you know, areas of coaches. And, and that's where I think things go wrong. And that's why I think programs can't excel to the next level, so to speak, because of just people wanting to do their own thing um, in terms of their own concepts and whatnot. Like you just said, uh, I remember playing um, or coaching against Santa Teresa uh, this past season, and their JV team run a, ran a whole different offense compared to their varsity team. It was like, it was just no relation whatsoever, and they just ran that all game, and then when we went up to, to help varsity, the entire offensive scheme was just so different. I think that's where teams go wrong um, when you're just letting your JV staff do whatever it wants, and then you're trying to install varsity with yourself. Because it's a program you're trying to build over years, over seasons. So I think the the freshmen are there for four years, so to speak, if they stay. So you're trying to hammer in those fundamentals for all four years so that their senior year they can excel without having to think at all. It's like second nature. And I think that's uh, that's an important thing. And I think that's going to be interesting, um, a, a interesting term not term, but like, how do you say, like towards practice and where you're just coaching a position and not 
you know, separate JV and varsity staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I've done that where I was the head JV coach, and I changed some of the plays. And I think part of the reason I did that, I wanted to give myself the competitive advantage because we had a very mobile quarterback. So I wanted to give him some more spread looks because we ran a double tight wing tee, so he's always under center. So I try to get him in the space, but that's not the important part. The important part is that I installed that. It really wasn't normally what we did. And then the head coach of varsity, who shall go nameless, he uh, said, like, hey, just cut that. That's not really what we do. And I felt like there was a lack of communication where I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I saw the text and I didn't reply because I was just frustrated at it because I felt like I'm putting us in a position to win by using this and you're saying don't do it. So to me that just, and I knew like if I had a conversation with him, it was going to be like, well, I'm the varsity head coach. So like you just got to cut it or we got other coaches that can be the JV head coach. So I think that's why it's important to have that communication, not just JV and uh, varsity staff separate, but also I'm not saying that system's perfect where it's you're only coaching the one position group because one thing I, I'm the offensive line coach for the entire San Jose High program. And if I have, you know, seven JV linemen, and then another maybe 10 varsity offensive linemen, you know, I have 17 kids all at once running individuals. Like, it's going to be very hard for me to be able to give everyone the individual attention because offensive line is super technical. It's not a very natural position to be in a three-point stance and everything. So if you do have this kind of system, it would be really good if you could have some assistant coaches too. Like, we have one guy who we're not 100% sure if he's going to be on the staff, but he would be helping me out for offensive line, which I think would be a great thing. But of course, you know, you got to work with what you got. If you're in a super small town, you know, you can't really ask for 20 coaches for your entire program when there's maybe 20 kids that go to that school, you know? So I think it's definitely, it's, it definitely has its benefits, but it has its flaws. Like, you're a receiver coach but you're always running four wide receivers in every set you can't watch four guys run their routes well and be able to critique them after every play uh, what do you think about that um the, the way we try to do that is that we would um separate so so in terms of like say we were going skelly which is uh pretty much routes on air um in our formations um, but the thing is, the the receivers coach would have one side go first, then the second side go. But at the same time, that is still is like you're slowing down reps and you're not really getting the backups uh, reps that they need or like the freshmen that are just starting to play football, the reps that they need. And that's something that, that definitely can be a challenge to work around in terms of trying to get as many kids to go through the drills as possible and making sure they're doing it right or just like uh helping with the, helping them improve their fundamentals I think so that's something definitely like you should like research about and whatnot um honestly for me I haven't had a problem doing that with the offensive line I coached O-line and then I also coached uh, tight end wings um 
I haven't had a numbers problem, but I know that our receiver coach at Branham for JV, he he tried to get as many reps in for them as possible, but it's very hard to, to know what they're doing when you can't look at all of them. So that's something that uh, is very interesting, like how to break down and how to f- not necessarily fix it, but how to improve on that if you don't have enough people on your staff. Like for your instance when you were at gun and whatnot so yeah mm-hmm. yeah there was uh i remember there were a few times where i had the defensive line at gun for both varsity and jv and it's just so hard working with 15 kids at once and we were working trying to work past rush drills but it's like all right we have one stand up i gotta just go down the line so i think not even everyone got two reps but I try to coach them best I could. And I think repetitions is kind of overrated if you're not critiquing them on all the repetitions. Like, it's about the quality of rep, not quantity. Right. Like, a player can go through a drill 15 times, but if they don't understand why they're doing that drill or if they don't understand if they're doing it right or not, that your drill's pointless. Like, there's no point in, in teaching. There's no point because you're not teaching them anything new and you're not critiquing them on how to get better and whatnot. Yeah, I always make it a point that the individual session, like I encourage my uh, assistant coaches, and I always go as go slow through them, but explain like, all right, if you're leaning too far to your right, maybe, and the guy goes to the left, it's harder for you to do that. And I show examples, and I like use the try to put it in understandable terms. You know, for example, like, all right, if you, like, stand up on offensive line, I took the biggest kid, and like, you can easily push him. But if you stay low, had him squat down and push him, he's harder to push. And then I made sure everyone understand that. I always ask, does everyone understand? Does everyone have any questions after everything I say? Because, you know, I want them to ask questions. It's my favorite thing when the players ask questions, so then I can keep elaborating more. But when they're all quiet, because of the kids, you know... They're just more quiet or it's just in a large group setting that they may not comfortable speaking and they're not asking the questions they need. Then I can't correct them. I can't give them more knowledge. And then sometimes come Friday, they didn't really understand it, but they just said, yes, coach, so they can get the water break. And they didn't really understand when we saw them made a mistake. And then I, you know, ask them on the side, like, hey, why did this happen? It's like, oh, sorry, coach. I just didn't know what to do. And then to me, that was frustrating because I'm like I try to go as slow as I can but you know that's life sometimes that's coaching right and I I think I think we're talking like uh talking in terms of slowing down like individual drills and whatnot in the summertime I personally think there shouldn't there shouldn't be a lot of team going on during the summertime I think you should install your fundamentals as as many times as you can with uh in terms of JV level and varsity level of just repping through your base plays because that's the base plays are going to be your money plays essentially in whatever you run whether it be wing t spread uh or whatever flex bone or whatever you have to make sure like your individual group is understanding everything fundamentally wise so that when you do go into team it's just second nature there's hitting it hitting it even your backups even your freshmen understand the concepts so i think like in terms of like people if people are wondering why like i don't have enough time during the week 
like during the the game week or whatever to to teach individuals that should be taught more in summer and then where it is during the weeks of the games that should be more of a team based less individual more team more scheme wise practice other than in terms of summer where everything it should be just fundamentals and i think some teams i've seen some i especially been on other uh some summer, I mean, uh, some high school teams like at Del Mar were the years where we would just go team and like we would just learn fundamentals through team, which I think kind of wasted time because that's not the point of having an offensive line coach or that's not the point of having a receivers coach. The point of having that coach is that so you could individually teach them over time so that they're better during the team periods. And I think during in summer planning and practice planning or whatnot that should be the emphasis is just straight individuals and maybe like towards august maybe maybe a little bit at the towards uh july i should say you should start entering your team phase and whatnot but other than that i think your offensive line should stay with your offensive line your defensive line should stay with your defensive line corners and safety should stay together linebackers stay together and not go into a team setting other than just adjusting the formations if you're on defense or if you're on offense just getting spacing or whatnot instead of actually running through a full team period in summer because I think that that just gives you a disadvantage of not doing enough for your individuals and whatnot yeah I think that's a good point that in summer like fundamentals is the most important thing because you're gonna get you know a few freshmen you know if you're lucky you might get 10 freshmen that have played before but you don't know exactly what Maybe they... Maybe even less, yeah. Yeah, like, great scenario if you get 10 freshmen that played one year of Pop Warner. But a lot of the times, I've been on teams where it's like, all right, we're going to get, you know, like 10 freshmen that may not come super consistently. They're not super committed to football yet. And maybe two of them, if that, like, have played before. But, you know, last year I had my, one of my starting running backs... He played left tackle in JV. <laughs> so, you know, for the young guys, fundamentals is the best thing you can do. And I think even going into uh, when school starts, that's when a bunch of other kids start joining too. And that's when you got to really be hammering fundamentals. And ideally, you've taught the fundamentals so well that the players who've been there during summer and have been there last year, they can help out coach too. Right. If they, they see like self-teach. Exactly. I think once you get, like, all of your position group coaching each other and making each other better, that's when you're really going to be successful. When it's like everyone knows, like, hey, on this route, you've got to release outside, and they can understand why, and they explain it to them while you're coaching another kid, so everyone's getting better. I understand that, you know, team, probably a lot more fun especially for varsity players who've been there maybe three years. They are tired of learning how to get in a three-point stance. But honestly, like it's the little things that you can't hammer in enough. Because if you go to a college program, like I went to Foothill College, and if you don't even know how to get in a stance, they're already like, all right, this kid's not starting. Right. It takes you at a disadvantage. Like Your whole point in your program, it should be your whole point in your program, is to get these kids to another uh, the, another level essentially of, of of education and sports 
And if you're not working towards that, I don't think you're you're really being a good coach because if you're just there just for the glory and just to relive the glory days, you're really putting the kids at a disadvantage, not teaching them the right fundamentals, not teaching them the right football, not teaching them like the right life lessons, so, so, so to speak, because they're just going to come back and do the same thing you taught. And it's just an endless cycle. And I think that's where you see public schools, reasons why some public schools go... 0-10 every year, or 1-9, they have one good occasional season because they have one, maybe one good, two good, three good players that carry them, but their coaching just is not enough. And um, I think that's a big problem nowadays, and to see it at, like, an age of, like, we're, we're both tw- in our 20s, and, and just for us to see that before any other, like, say, like, I've known a lot of old coaches that don't understand that like they just coach football just to call plays and it's just it it baffles me a lot to understand and like we're trying to get these kids to the next level I know I'm saying kids and I'm probably more closer to their age than most coaches but I think that's the, the the mentality you have to have as a coach like you have to view them like getting them better educational wise and getting them ready for the next level regardless of like whether they're going to go play d3 d2 d1 that's not the goal the goal is to improve them each and every week each and every day each and every year get them into a healthy habit of doing repetitions and whatnot getting themselves better as that position and it also touches upon like keeping them in the same position not switching them every single year um it's good to know other what other positions are doing but if you switch them every year they're not going to have a consistent they're not going to have something they could go to and say that hey i'm good at this so put me at this if they go to a community college or something where they could get a lot of tape on so i think you have to learn how to to like develop certain positions certain body types certain people to what um what they're going to do best at on the field rather than you know, putting them at quarterback because they could truck people every play. I don't think that's a healthy way of coaching football at all. And um, just getting them better better and ready for the next level, I think, is, is the number one thing. Um, and that's why you should have a practice template. That's why you should have a practice plan to get them in the habit. Because if you're at a C, say you're at a, like I was at a C League level team, we didn't have intense grueling practices in terms of like we're on the ball we're on the ball we're on the ball on the ball always doing something active with our offense or defense it was more like we play this series we're out on the bench we're drinking water we're hanging out for like 15 minutes like that's something you want to avoid you always want to keep them active because when they get to the next level and if they're not in a program like that it's gonna it's gonna awaken them and some of them actually might just lose passion and drop out and whatnot because of how the way things you ran at your program and whatnot, I think. But getting them familiarized with, like, discipline, fundamentals, and just repping every single time, that's where you're going to see at the next level. Like, in the NFL, all they do is rep, 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 rep their individual individual skills, and the plays and stuff will come with it later. You know what I mean? So that's what I, that's my thoughts on that. Um so yeah. Yeah, I think um the reason that many coaches are like just want to go team and they don't focus as much on the 
the little things. Because yeah, they're like, all right, if I have a limited amount of time, I just want to run the plays. But the kids got to understand and be able to think critically. Like, hmm, why am I running this route? Like, if you got to, let's say you have a choice route in your offense. And if the kid's like, well, half the time I get to do a hitch and half the times I run a fade. But they don't understand, why do I run a fade in this situation or, and not this one? Like, if they don't understand that, that's a failure of coaching, I think. Like, it's your job to teach the kids to think critically about the game. And I think that's a, that's a problem not just with football coaches, with just education in general. A lot of teachers are like, all right, just memorize this fact. And they don't really explain why this fact is relevant. So you got to tell them, like, all right, we got to run this hitch. Because if they're in off coverage and they're eight yards off, you're going to be super open and you're going to get the ball. I guarantee it. And it's like, all right, if they're in press coverage, they're super close. So you can run away because you're faster than them and you have the advantage. I think being able to think critically about the game is super important. And honestly, I don't think I was thinking critically until I was in my first year of college football already. And at that point, I was like midway through the season when I started to be able to like diagnose plays before they happened. And at that point, it's like, all right, well, I already don't have a starting job. You know, in high school, I wish I paid more attention in film because I would have made way more plays and been way more prepared compared to like, all right, I'm just going to try to hit this C-gap super hard. And if the running back's there, then perfect. And if not, I'll just try to outrun him. Like the kids, it is important. Like, all right, if you have a great athlete, you're probably going to win the game. But if the kids are thinking, then it equals out what athletes you have. Right. And I think that's just something like every coach needs to know in a sense is that you have to be working. I think that's the whole point is that you have to be working towards their betterment, their their chance of going to the next level whether that whatever that level is and whatnot so um another topic we we should touch upon is like problems with less practice time here in california because that also affects the way you try to practice plan and whatnot and they're cutting down uh padded practices which is unfortunate um but i understand why um uh, because of the injuries and whatnot but um, I also think it's kind of like the injuries that we see today, I think it's it's not because of the sport. I think it's because the ignorance of some coaches not teaching fundamentals, right? And mm-hmm. that goes to, like, we're seeing effects of it throughout the years. And I think that's why we're starting to cut down practices and whatnot because we we're not having like certified actual coaches like coaching these players we just have like like i said people who just want to call plays <laughs> the and, guy the best guy you could find right yeah and it's hard to i know it's hard to find qu- like really good quality coaches but if you find a coach that you can work with that understands safety i think that's that's the number one thing but yeah practice times is there there's a problem and i th- i think they're going to pass m- even more laws to where it's like going to be one padded practice per week or something like that and um it does go at a disadvantage but as long as you teach fundamentals there should relatively be like no loss of progress so to speak 
other than the kid actually physically going out there and and maturing and, and ready to hit somebody or tackle somebody and not being scared. I think that just comes within game experience. Um, I remember my first year, I played f- pad football for two years prior to going to high school as a freshman. I still remember my first game, like the first tackle I ever had in high school, it just came down to fundamentals. Like everything was was just how do you say it like second nature like Mm -hmm. i didn't have to think i wasn't thinking like oh my god this is high school is this kid gonna truck me like or whatnot no because i was taught fundamentals over and over and over and over again year after year uh of four seasons playing uh, pal or pop warner football so it just came second nature i wasn't worrying about lowering my head keeping my head low i kept my head up like it's the repetitions over the years, repetitions over the summer practices that are going to affect your players, whether they know what to do or not in a situation and instinct. Um, and, and I don't think, I don't really think the padded practices would be something bad to cut out because as long as you're teaching fundamentals and whatnot, there's, there should be no excuse to why like, a kid's in a bad position. Right, a kid's in a bad position because if if you're if you're starting a kid that doesn't know what to do, that's slightly on you because you're not teaching you're either not teaching it right or you're not teaching it in a way they understand it. So that you have to break it down to them and whatnot. And if you start a kid that doesn't know what to do, that's also a safety hazard for them because then then they're they're on they're pretty much not knowing what to do on the field and they could get hurt so to speak so that's also plays into player safety with your coaching so it's like a a domino effect a butterfly effect is like if you if the kid that knows the most least most about football on the team doesn't know how to tackle like you're already at a disadvantage with your team like everybody should know the fundamentals of the sport and how to stay safe within their positions and whatnot yeah i think safety cannot be emphasized enough and I think really full contact drills like Oklahoma drills, it's like, yeah, you can do them, but maybe do them 10 minutes, once a week for practice, and that's it. The rest of tackling, like, I remember at Gun, we only did like Oklahoma's once a week for 10 minutes, and that was it. The rest of it was like, all right, you got to make sure we had, you know, a circuit where one of them was like, all right, in this situation, this is how you fit. Another one, like, in this situation, this is how you chop your feet. Another one, like, all right, this is how you wrap up. And I think that really was right. a lot more valuable over time doing those rather than the little bit of Oklahoma was like, okay, like those contact drills should just be like icing on the cake. Like, all right, once everyone's doing them safely, all right, now we can go. We can, you know, do as football was meant to be played, played aggressively, have fun. But really, if you keep doing a bunch of live contact drills, over time, that's going to be the stuff that wears kids down and gets them injured, I think. Right. Yeah, that, that's something I noticed. And, like, at, uh, what we did at Brandon for JV is, like, before every practice, the first 15 minutes after stretching was just straight up. Um, I think it was. I think we copied USA football tackling uh, one-on-one or something like that where we would be going in groups. And that's all we all we did for 15 minutes was just learn how to tackle. That's every single day. Every single summer, every single spring practice, every single uh, practice during 
the actual fall season, after every stretch, we did the USA football tackling drill, making sure our head was up and whatnot. And I think we only had like two concussions on the season for two for two of our players, and that was it, maybe three. And that was out of a, a team of forty-eight on the roster for JV, and I think that I mean, I think that was pretty good. Like, in terms of knowing... Because it's second nature. Once they go in the game, they know, oh, keep your head up. Keep your head up, shoulders squared. Keep your head up, shoulders squared, drive your feet. I think that's something you have to repeat over and over again. They don't have to be perfect at it, but you want them to be as close to perfect as it is. Because in some situations, you can't simulate a football game. You can't simulate... uh, But sometimes it just happens too fast, right? But as long as they get themselves into a safer position to tackle, I think that's that's when when you're doing your coaching right or you're teaching something right, in terms of like the kids knowing how to play the fundamentals of football and whatnot. Yeah, at gun, I try to work tackling like a circuit at least two times a week, not as much, but we had other very harsh time constraints that I can't get into, but. Yeah, I think we did have, like, more kids, like, have, like, minor injuries. Like, I think we had two or three concussions. And as a small team of 22 kids, like, if you lose one kid, that might be a two-way starter. You might be in trouble. That kid might be your kicker. That kid might be your long snapper. Like, that's going to put you in trouble. So I think definitely you cannot, <laughs> you cannot overemphasize, like, the fundamentals of safe tackling enough. Like, if there's one thing that you should do every single practice, like, cut conditioning, make sure your kids know how to tackle. Because, ultimately, on defense, it's about who is able to tackle. Right, and I think that the conditioning part um, is also uh, another topic we should touch upon later in, in another episode. Is that, like 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 I said, like, the, the, the times we deal with less practice, there's still no excuse into why your team's playing so poorly, why why your kids are playing so poorly. It's you. You're the teacher. You're the you're the person that teaches them. If you have to take time out of practice to teach them fundamentals, take time. But then again, that's on you for not teaching them that in the summer. So make sure everyone's like on board with what you're doing. I think our, our the new practice method that we're gonna have for this year and you're doing it at San Jose High too is which is like not separating JV and varsity. I think that's going to I think that's going to yield better results overall because there's no rift between varsity and and JV coaches. There's no oh you're a JV coach. Oh, oh you're a varsity mm-hmm. coach. I should listen to you over the JV coach. Or it's like where where the 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 kid says, "Oh, this JV coach is saying something different about this var like this varsity coach's uh coaching style." Like there's not going to be a problem in that. I think when when we coach everybody at the same time or whatnot, um, I would have to go into detail about that. But we don't really coach everybody at the same time. It's just that no one has a title. Everyone's practicing at the same time. And there's no separate JV and varsity practice. So I think that's going to go... I think that's going to have a really good result at the end of the season when we look back and see how these kids progressed, how they understand, like, the whole entire coaching staff instead of just being a JV and varsity coach separately. Yeah, I, I think one of the, um, the worst things for a player is when a coach tells them something, and then later 
that another coach. that kid gets yelled at because yeah. they're like, "Hey, why were you here?" It's like, "Well, that coach told me to," and if that even happens like once in the season, that's like a failure of coaching on my part, and. Right, it just makes your whole staff... It makes... Not your whole staff, but it just makes your coaching philosophy look bad to the kid because you're... Well, the kid's confused because you have one varsity coach telling him do this and then a JV coach saying, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do this. I think that's that's um something we should definitely talk about in another podcast episode is like like the effects of, of, of separating JV and varsity practice. Mm-hmm. and what what the difference is and, and what can be improved on. And I think this is like a, a, a learning thing, like maybe have an episode at the end of the year where our season's end and we look back and see if it was a better year or if it was the same thing as, as separating the JV and varsity. But I think it's going to be better than separating JV and varsity just because of that idea of there's not going to be confusion. You're going to have all your coaches on the same spot, same point. You're going to be following the same template and you're just going to be coaching it to both JV and varsity kids, and I think that's going to be better. Mm-hmm. I think long-term, if you plan on being a part of school for many years, that that idea is going to work really well because you're going to develop a good relationship with the kid four years instead of maybe for the varsity two you know, years, running back coach, yeah. maybe two years or three years if they're on varsity as a sophomore. And I think you're going to be able to develop a relationship and really – be able to teach them a lot more in depth because you know that kid that kid trusts you you know what that kid needs to work on you know where that kid you know lacks athletically or right. where they're athletically strong Keep, keeping consistency all four years of the same coach is a huge advantage to your program mm-hmm. and, and knowing that kid and understanding like other kids and, and their personalities and their abilities and getting to pitch that to college teams and whatnot that come down and scout. Like, you should know your players inside and out. And I know, like, I personally don't because, the like, I, we haven't had a, a joint practice at all, like, where we just coach one position and we switch JV and varsity. So I think it's going to be a, an entire advantage in terms of over the long-term effect and how successful your team is on the field and also in the classroom I think would work too because you're if you if your players respect you they're going to do the work they need to do in the classroom maybe some some need a little bit of a push but you're going to be there all four years with them so that means they're going to understand like this coach is putting this much effort into me to be successful then I have to do the do the same part on mine mm-hmm. and whatnot yeah I to show you that this works I remember in an interview Aaron Donald was saying that his defensive line coach in high school was the one that made him really successful because he's the one that taught him, you know, a few of the techniques that he still used in the NFL. And he said, yeah, after I stopped being a knucklehead kid and I really listened to him, then that's when I, like, developed my technique. And look at him, he's, what, two-time defensive player of the year? Yeah, Super Bowl appearance. So, and he still remembers that his high school defensive line coach from, like, 10 years ago or whatever. So I think that really... That shows that having a good relationship and working with the kid for a long period of time has that cumulative effect that will really make a kid excel. Right. I I think that we touched upon all the topics right now about the practice and whatnot. So, anything last things that you'd like to say? Um, yeah, just uh, fundamentals I think is important and having a long-term idea 
instead of like daily, like oh, what do I need to get done today? Have it be like, all right, in this week, how many times are we working tackling? How many times do we get to go in these? I think having a greater perspective is a little bit better than just like, oh man, what do I need today? Oh, today, never mind, we don't have this kid. We can't do that. And then you're just in chaos and practices and as organized and other coaches are confused about what we're doing now. So I think making sure everyone's on the same page, coaching staff-wise, and has the same vision is... Right, it's super important. Right, and keeping the making a template or making at least a plan for your day to day activities, and making sure you don't skew too far off from it, but you can make adjustments to it, whatever you may need to do. But stick to the offensive goal, defensive goal, whatever your goal is. Stick to that template plan with your whole staff. Make sure that you guys are following it through and through, and it's gonna show the kids like. You're here to work, like, you're here to work as they're here to work. Like, you mean business, then that means the kids are going to mean business, too. So, I think it's a huge advantage for you um, as a coach. Uh, we'll see how this year pans out with uh, with coaching JV and varsity at the same time. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, practice planning is, is an art form in itself, and it's a necessity. It's not a want it's it's not a need it's in the set like you have to have it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's no like if you're an organized the the program's gonna Suck. gonna hurt from that yeah so other than that yeah just uh keep a solid practice plan and stick to it essentially and um yeah make sure make sure you're doing just that all right thank you audience for sticking with this podcast hope you all have a nice day all right see ya